0: I want to talk about a few different things. One is the float conference coming up September 28th and 29th. Can you believe it? It's in Denver, Colorado this year. For some of you, that means a quick little trip. For the rest of us, at least on the West Coast, it means getting off of the West Coast, which I'm really excited about. Uh, leaving Portland, going on a little vacation, and enjoying the world of the Float, seeing all your beautiful faces, and giving a whole bunch of hugs. So much has changed with the Float Conference, or so much is changing behind the scenes. And this is such an important time to support the Float Conference, and uh, such an important time to experience it and recreate it. Listen to our last episode about the float conference and and learn a little bit more about what's going on behind the scenes but uh, again september 28th through the 29th but there are also activities before and afterwards as well uh particularly before so check it out uh, floatconference.com pretty simple we'll tell you all you need to know about all the workshops that are going on where it's located all that stuff but i mean if you're in the float industry <laughs> this is a no-brainer floatconference.com Another no-brainer is Float Helm. Float Helm is designed to help streamline your running your float center. It really effectively does that from making a really simple UI so that customers are able to book at your float center, whether that's massage floats or what have you. Uh, It's very... um, Elegance in its simplicity. It works. Uh, Whereas I'm getting off of a different scheduling software. (laughs) Uh, The UI is not simple and it's complicated and we get complaints about it. It also can't do things that a a lot of people do um, when scheduling for Things like floats that I guess maybe they don't do as much for a massage or what they're used to. But in my old system, you two people can't, or excuse me, you can't book for two slots at the same time. It's like maybe they're thinking you're booking for two massages at the same time. You know, we can't accommodate that. What are you talking about? But in our industry, you could book for two or three friends every single time that you float. And we have a lot of people who want to do just that. So... It just makes sense that we have a piece of software designed for our industry. So that's just one of the amazing things it does. Go to flowhelm.com and ask all the questions you want. Schedule a time to actually meet with them, get a tour of the system. It, it, just, it just makes sense. Flowhelm.com is where you want to go. All right. Welcome to Our Float, Where Float Centers Thrive. My name is Dylan, and I co-own The Float Shop in Portland, Oregon. We currently, I believe, are sitting at seven employees at The Float Shop right now. I'm joined with my the host, Drew Kane of New Hampshire Float. Drew, how many, how many Float Centers? Excuse me, how many employees do you have? Currently have four employees with two more on the way. Oh, congratulations. That's fantastic. <laughs> Thank, <day. you. laughs> Thank you. Gloria, welcome to the show. Thank you. Gloria, Float Sixty. How many employees do you have?
1: Well, we have twenty-eight, Drew. So, tw- th- I mean, th- that
0: must be include. You must employ your massage therapists, your acupuncturists, your 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 construction. Well, just to Those qualify, it is
1: spread between three locations, Dylan. So it's you know, it sounds like a lot, but when you break it down, it's yeah, it's a lot.
0: <laughs> and, and it just runs super smooth. And it feels like a like hundred actually. Well, <laughs> nice. Um, I bet you know if you look beginning of month to end of month, there might be a hundred employees in there that were employed <laughs> during that time. <laughs> but turnover is a thing. Kim takes our show notes. She's going to be joining us on tonight's episode for sure. Kim Hannon of, uh, <laughs> <Kim laughs> of Suki No Float. Welcome to the show. And uh, how many uh,
2: how many employees do you have? Thanks. Um, Well, my husband and I do most of the work, but we also have two interns, and we're hoping to hire another employee, at least a part-timer, within um, a few months.
0: All right. Interns. Cool. I want to talk about that tonight. So what we're talking about tonight, the reason we're talking about how many employees we have is talking about turnover, hiring, how do you choose an employee, how have we chosen employees, what are the things we've done wrong, Ideally, a few of the things we've done right. And uh, talking about turnover, how do we deal with that? And how do we bring people into that lovey, floaty fold of this really unique industry where it's really important that the face of your business is extremely important and very unique? Um, Kim, if you don't mind, I'd love to start with you with your internships. And (laughs) starting with technically no employees, but interns, what does that mean?
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Well, we actually had... One person who was a guest, um, and she was also one of my uh, yoga students who came up and said, you know, she's really interested in helping us out. Um, And uh, it took us a little while, you know, she kept, she was pretty persistent, and we we just weren't really sure that we were ready for it yet. Um, And uh, basically she comes in and, you know, she wants to learn a little bit about the business and she helps us one or two days a week, um, just learning and, you know, she gets free floats. Um, but we're starting to build a little bit of a structure for her. It's a little different than what we're doing for, um, an intern who came to us through a local high school. Um, and so we have within those two internships, two very different structures and two very different purposes. Um, so our, our second one is a a young guy, he's 16 and he, uh, came to us pretty quickly. Uh, I know a teacher at uh, a Montessori high school that's nearby and she'd reached out to me and just said, Hey, we have this internship program that we do every year. Are you interested in taking in an intern? We're like, Sure. Yeah. Awesome. And um, awesome. she sent me the requirements. I read through it and it was a really great fit. Their internship actually happens on Fridays. So it's considered a school day for them. Wow. Um, So on Fridays, he comes in and works a full day um, at the center with us. And so, you know, they have some requirements, but it was really up to us to decide what we wanted. Um, The interesting part is we had no say in who it was. Um, and we were just sent an intern, and thank goodness we got lucky. Um, we like the kid. Um, he does a really great job. He's really, really motivated. And uh, you know, if, if it's slow, he comes up to us with you know, what can I do? What can I do? Or hey, I'm going to go do this. What? Yes, it's, employees, who it's don't have awesome. That. <laughs> I know, right? Um, he he. I mean, we had a, a fairly slow day last Friday when he was in, so the kid was cleaning his entire shift. Um, And what I love though, is he even came up to me at one point and said, hey, by the way, I noticed that the uh, spoon cup over here had a a little ring in the bottom of it when I was putting some more spoons in. So I think people have been putting used spoons in here instead of putting them on the tray. So you might want to look out for that like, yes,
0: right. (laughs) So, um,
2: it's been really interesting though, because, you know, with both of them, we're, we're still new in the game. We're coming up on our five month anniversary. And so, um, I come from a training background, so I wanted to have an entire training program, like written ready to rock. And in both cases, these people came into our worlds ready and we didn't want to miss that opportunity. And we weren't quite ready. Um, so we've really just kind of had to go with it and work through things together and, um, try to figure out what exactly our training structure is along with them. And while we're still learning and figuring some things out, you know, um, so these folks are actually, they have a great opportunity to help us, you know, and to give us input on little things that they're seeing. Um, so it's a, a little unique setup there.
0: Knowing you, I just love that before you've ever had somebody work for you or even intern for you, you already want documentation on how it's oh, going to yes. be, but like, yes. how, how can you without having somebody in there and knowing what do I need to go? Like that's totally right. part of the process in my opinion. but so that, that cracks me up. Um, I have, I have two questions. One is going back to the, the woman who wanted to intern for you. Why did you, how did you say no to somebody wanting to work for you for free? Like (laughs) when I opened, I would, oh my God, I was so desperate for help.
2: Yes. I think a lot of it was because we had only been open um, about four to five weeks maybe. And we were also getting ready to open our salt cave. And so we were just starting to really get into a nice steady state groove, you know, on the float side. But we knew that we had this, you know, other piece of business that had the potential to really rock our worlds. And we didn't want somebody brand new coming into that. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> but, um, um, but we didn't know how to handle, you know, trying to figure it out with an employee. Got um, it. Yeah. thankfully, you know, she happened to come in on the days that, uh, we're off, like we're, we'd already figured out some things. It was pretty quick to mm-hmm. figure out how to run the salt cave. It's not at all like the float world where there's so many nuances and mm-hmm. details, The salt cave is a breeze, Nice, Um, but we, and that's the thing is she came after us a couple of times and, and finally I just said, you know what, we don't have it all figured out yet, but come on, we'll work it out together. And uh, it's been, it's been really cool just to see. Um, And for us where we are right now, both of our interns really do a lot of the back of the house stuff, but we're training them now on how to do some more of the front of the house. And so um, even a couple months in, neither of them are ready because they only work one or two days a week mm-hmm. um and sometimes you know even every other week but um we're not quite ready to leave them alone
0: yet sure it's a
2: one day we're going to get there
0: and and so my second question i think you're <laughs> you're touching on already which is are they client facing at all
2: um yes yes and are just by giving... nature of our small little center they're going to have interactions just walking back and forth and and so right now they're doing you know um, a little bit of check-in, but I'm standing right there with them. And so, you know, teaching them how nice. to um, establish rapport, how to also run the system. And, and you know, we have a, a pretty robust uh, uh, check-in system. We use Wellness Living. And so there's a lot of clicks and a lot of steps. And we also have a rewards program. And we, you know, have the waivers and like so much stuff that they're juggling. Um, but for the most part, they're also kind of just easing into that piece of it. But they're also doing, you know, the post foot check-ins, asking Um, If they can get somebody some hot tea or water and Mm -hmm. and just doing some really, really light touch base with the clients. Um, They're both just now starting to answer the phones and kind of ease into some of that. Um, So it's we've we've tried not to overwhelm either of them. And that's really, really hard when you're so desperate to get somebody up and running is to give an appropriate pace, but also to recognize you don't want them to get bored. Mm. And so being able to find that sweet spot, each person's different. And, and it really just involves a lot of conversation with each of them to say, what are you comfortable with? What are you interested in learning today? And where do you want to focus your time and attention? You know, rather than
1: love you and Mm -hmm. your interns would hate me. (laughs) 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 I like the total opposite.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, but I think that Gloria, that speaks to a lot of your volume and your operation, where you are right now, sure. you guys are a machine, you know, we're yeah. still ramping up, you know, and um, our numbers are still increasing month over month. And so we're ramping up slowly, but they're going along with us. So um, it, I I fully anticipate that our first full-time hire or even part-time hire are real employees. It's going to be a different, a whole different world for them. Sure. Yeah.
1: Can you tell us about your internship program, Gloria? Sure. So last year was my first year doing it. It was two individuals. One was a college junior in the hospitality and tourism school at Indiana University. Hmm. And the other I brought in was an 18-year-old senior in high school who happens to be my son. So I forced him to Mm -hmm. go through the college internship. I didn't force him. I asked oh, him cool. <laughs> uh, before I would hire him as an employee. So it really worked out well. Um, when I was an intern, I remember being put through a very rigid like curriculum. So I kind of emulated that same approach and I wrote out a curriculum. So we had different topics each week. One week was operations. One week was marketing and strategy. One week was community relations. One week was analytics, customer database stuff, which, you know, I just tried to kind of put in different topics that we could focus on each week. Um, it, it, was, it was really interesting to kind of see them cover so much, right? This is why I'm saying they're kind of the opposite where I kind of threw a lot at them. I'm just wanting to make sure they understood how complicated a business is uh-huh. from all these different functional areas. And also, selfishly, I wanted my son to understand the business so that he really saw it more than just going in and working a shift, right? So awesome. I, I tried to teach them a lot of business strategy. Um, but at what the end of to. it, it was awesome because after the eight-week program, I had them on Zoom. They had to figure out how to use it, I did not baby step them through the process. And they had to do a presentation on their entire eight weeks to the entire staff that anybody who showed up and we had like shills in the audience firing questions. And I was, you know, like we were chatting and they did such a great job. I was super proud of both of those interns. So I've got one other intern starting in May and possibly a second that is so awesome.
0: <laughs> yeah. What a great story arc. Um, so the, what, what happens at the end of the internship? Like, is there an option to hire them on? Like,
1: well, for me, uh, the one that I had was going back to school five hours away. So that wasn't an option, but, um, my son ended up passing the internship and doing a great job and I ended up hiring him. So my 18 year old son works at my um, Northwest Indiana location, every weekend he works the swing shift. So he works, well, he works the mid shift actually, like 11 to eight. He's, he's been doing a really great job. The other part of the internship is the community relations week. We actually went out into the community and did a special event. So he does a lot of that too. He does a good well, job cool. with the event. So yeah, it, it's it's good. And I think with the new interns I've got coming on, they'll go back to school. So I don't see it as really a... And it's a paid internship, by the way. Um,
0: oh, that's different. Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I've, I've never had a free intern. There, there's a lot of rules, um, you mm-hmm. know, at least with the universities I've worked with. So, you know, internship is supposed to be something that you're you're teaching these kids. So I'm really like deliberate and careful about that. It's, it's a lot of work, actually, on me because mm-hmm. I'm spending time one-on-one with, with the students so yeah it's it's good but I I enjoy that part of it It almost feels like you're teaching right so I'm sure Kim with your training background kind of scratch that itch while you're doing it too (laughs) love
0: it I'd almost say all of us might enjoy that teaching aspect a little bit (laughs) that might scratch our itch Dylan and Gloria I
3: think that's important to point out that an intern doesn't mean free worker Mm, for you to just leave alone and teach them how to flip a room and walk away. There's actually a lot more to it and they should be learning more than just being free labor.
1: It's not the same thing. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because it's really a legal responsibility. There are legalities around the the parameters related to internships and the universities. um, You know, if they are giving them credit, it's even more rigid. There's Mm. definitely learning objectives, right? So I'll send you guys a copy of my internship shell that, yeah you are supposed to, as the employer, be aligned to teaching them specific things that can be transferable to life outside of your float center right and so I, I think please. yeah
2: one of the uh the things that I heard about an internship, and I can't remember where exactly it came from, but it really boiled it down for me was to hear that the intern should be getting more out of it than you are exactly mm. and exactly. if you look at it as free labor um it, it, you're not doing the right thing. Um, <laughs> and, and So
3: if you're not a new float center and mm-hmm. you're thinking, I need help, I'll, but I don't have the money to hire somebody, mm-hmm. it's not the path to take that's to right. get an intern, exactly. to get free labor because if you don't have the time exactly. or the energy, yes. you yes. shouldn't
1: be having someone come in to be an intern for you. That's right. And they I should be doing more strategic work than just cleaning rooms too, right? Mm-hmm. They should right. be, learning something that's aligned to the business. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's you know, legal, but that's at least the philosophy we take. Right. And
3: Gloria, I have two questions for you. Uh, did
1: you come up with a
3: curriculum prior to any interns coming on or did you kind of figure that out as you go? And also, do you pay them as much as a normal employee or someone you would hire, or do you pay them a little bit less because they're an intern?
1: First question is, I came up with the curriculum before they started just because I needed to plan out my life and I worked with them. So I got their availability and then basically put a calendar down to each day, what topic we'd be working on, right? And like I said, I'll share that with you. The second question, um, yes, I paid them $1 less than the regular team. Um, Just because we normally start our employees out when we hire people, which I'm sure we'll talk about this later, we start them out at one wage and then bump them up after 90 days, almost like a probationary period. Um, So I took the same approach with the interns, just started in a dollar less.
2: Awesome. And our program is a little bit different. Um, We're we're working with the local high school. Um, They recommend, but it is not required, but they do recommend that we pay a $400 stipend. At the end of the mm. program,
0: nice,
2: interesting. And, yes, I super. Like the stipend easy. idea. That's that's mm. good. Yes, and then um, we have the option to increase or decrease that as we see fit. And you know, the, part of the program even said that if we needed him to come in on additional days or you know come in to help um, somehow on the weekends or some other time, we could um, we could ask him, and that would be his choice to do. Um, and if so, mm. you know, again recommended to adjust the stipend accordingly. Oh,
0: got it. So you guys are talking about something that's like a very formal arrangement for an internship. And what we've done at the float shop is a far less formal. We haven't gone through a university or a high school to do this, any type of internships. Um, we have people who are interested in our business do internships with us. And um, I feel like that that feels very different. Um, so when, Drew, you're talking about time and attention, like those are the two biggest things that are required. Um, when somebody comes on, but the risk is at any, and I guess this is true for an employee as well, but they can leave at any minute and just be, be like, yeah, I'm I'm done doing this. And, you know, part of it is that they're floating as well. They're getting that experience. Um, but you know, if, if they're done, they're, they're just gone and, you know, they're depending on a lot less than a paycheck, uh, when, when they're an intern. So for me, what we found was that <laughs> the attention required for interns was very high and it was hard sometimes to gauge the value. Like, is this better for the business, or is it? Not? Actually, Kim, you kind of just said that, right? Like, if it's, if it feels really good for you, then it's, it's not right. Like, sometimes we would, and, and other times it was like, this is just killing us. How much energy goes into it? The huge plus. Oh, and I'll say we are on hiatus at the moment. We we do not have an intern program at the moment which is something that i've been really excited about and proud that we've had for for many years but we don't currently but i will say that um and actually maybe this will segue to our hiring uh, topic a little bit more but we um were able to just pull people from that internship program right into our our network of employees and so like not only do they understand how the gears work not only do they know how the the behind the scenes how we talk with customers like they've they've witnessed or played a part of all of these different aspects um, but we also know that they have gelled with a team already. There's not this question of, okay, I've spent you know 15 minutes talking with you. Welcome aboard. Um, let's see how you do and interact. And, and even recently, we've um, had to let people go during training. And um, so the interview process wasn't good enough. And perhaps some of that is because I got so accustomed to already knowing these people for a long period of time before we brought them on. So... I don't know. Um, so let's, let's, uh, let's talk about hiring. And, and Drew, I don't know if we've talked, kind of introduced you and your, your hiring status at the moment. But uh, what are you looking like? Uh, so
3: I have um, four employees. One of them just started uh, yesterday. So Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, and it, it was a struggle getting to that point. I definitely felt like there was nobody. And I, I'll be honest. I still feel like this. There's nobody who will give a better experience than me when I'm there at my flow shop. And so it's been hard to let go of those reins and to, to allow other people, because when you bring other people on, they're going to make mistakes. There's a certain um, amount that you just have to accept that things will go wrong. You have to deal with it. Right. Um, So I've kind of been letting go little by little, and I'm definitely in a better space now than I was when we first opened. And it's been Awesome to have employees, especially ones that I can leave. Um, but I found employees from, I put up a sign in my float center with my logo. Um, and it just said, we're hiring. Do you know anybody who might fit our vibe? Send them our way. And then that kind of, I, I, I myself was really nervous about just putting out a, 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 ad on some type of recruiting forum. And the way that that I look at it is that I put up a sign, it gets the conversation going, whether it's somebody who knows somebody or someone who's actually floating. And at first, I was definitely hesitant to hire somebody who was floating because they're a customer. And then once you cross that bridge, Mm. you might potentially lose that customer forever Mm. if things don't go well. So I was, "Ah, I don't want to hire someone who is a customer, but especially out here in New Hampshire, floating is so new and there aren't float centers around that To hire someone who knows nothing about floating, I thought was a worse idea than hiring a customer. So uh, uh, my four employees have all been people who floated. Um, And three of them, I didn't even ask them. I said to them, do you know anybody who might be looking? And they said, well, I am. And that's kind of how that started. And I, I, I just think that gives me a little bit more control than having blind Um, resumes being sent my way because for this I think it's unique. I I definitely think I look for some customer service experience. First and foremost, I look for people who want to float and like floating. I very much believe that energy will translate to Mm -hmm. customers. Mm -hmm. So if they like floating um, and are passionate about it, you know, that people will feel that. And that's one of the things that makes me nervous. We, every single day I have somebody who um, calls, emails, or drops in and says, Hey, what is this? I just heard about it. So I can't just put someone who doesn't know about floating mm-hmm. in there, right? Um, so it, it's it's been a long journey. I'm coming up to a year and a half. And I've had employees for, I think, five of the last the last five months. Wow. But I largely did a lot of it on my own. And it's been great to have employees. I definitely am working. I feel like with each employee, I get better at training, um, being better at accepting mistakes. I heard a great, I don't know if this is, you know, this was just someone's philosophy. Um, you'll never get 100% out of somebody when you hire them, because it's not their business, right? The owners will give a hundred percent. So you try to get 80% out of your employees and you're really doing well at that point. So I've been trying to really remind myself of that when I noticed something very detailed that an employee just didn't notice. And I'm thinking,
0: how do you not see that? Oh, yeah, Right. I used to go insane. I, 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 I cannot tell you how neurotic I was about it and how it would just enrage me. Uh, and, and, you know, I try to keep it inside and try to keep it to myself, but as the person who was making sure every single detail was a perfect exact way and you feel like you've passed that on, like, this is how we do it. And then things not being right would just, I, I, I just felt like the whole place was falling apart. It was so out, of, like, so unreal, such terrible set of expectations. But But when it's your baby... I mean, you're just connected to it like that.
3: And I think there are stages of what you're describing, Dylan, in when you have your first employee versus, you know, uh, Gloria's hired 29. I'm sure there have been people who have come and gone. So it's more than 20-something employees that you've gone through. So you have more and more experience in how you react, in how you take that information in, where if you get a complaint and someone did something wrong. All of that is part of the the growing process, I think. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know I, I'm sure all of us are, but I definitely feel like I'm better at dealing with each each time I'm getting better. And I know I'm not perfect yet, but each time I'm learning and getting better at reacting. Better. Yep. Yeah,
0: yeah, so close. Uh, and and Gloria Sensei Gloria also has the the fact that she's been in business for so long as well. Like she. This starting a float center is not for her first time dealing with employees And so she probably walked into this with a little bit more confidence in her step than, say me, (laughs) you know this this high-strung amateur
1: Um, And that's true But the thing that drew brings up where you have such a personal connection, right? And mm -hmm. and you brought it up as well to your business that you created, right? I've managed Mm -hmm. plenty of people Because I was working for someone else's company in a management role. But when it's yours, gosh, it's, it's such a personal issue when you've shown them 60 times how to set up the tray and it (laughs) comes back completely upside down. Right. So, but it is a, it is a challenge to find the right people. That's just a whole other animal is how you kind of, where you put your fishing pole in right? Where are you looking for people, how they're coming in? Um, it's beautiful. Let's round Robin that real
0: quick. Let's start right there. Like, so, uh, Drew just shared how he did his, um, recently. Um, I think the only place we posted, we have done Craigslist before, we've done the internship before. Um, I think we only put an Instagram, maybe a Facebook post out that said we're hiring. Fortunately, just with where we're at now, we have enough people that are we, we got a lot of responses from that, which was really exciting. Um, in fact, I think because we're connected to the float community, we had somebody from Australia see the post, reach out to a friend in Port, uh, who owns a float center, uh, Cocoon Float, shout out, um, to tell somebody, her friend in Portland, you know, they... This is a great match. As it turns out, it's a great match, and we love her so much. Oh, nice. And she, she, she kind of even digs us, which is nice. <laughs> so, uh, just really, really crazy, really cool. So, a little unusual for that one, but um, our social media presence is enough that we were able to, able to pull in a lot of people with that. Um, so, how do you reach people, Gloria?
1: We have done Craigslist. We have done LinkedIn. We have done Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the most uh, impactful and positive experiences have been through. The university hiring. So we Mm -hmm. have a couple of people. I went to a university in Chicago, so I I tend to hire from there. In fact, it was just on a a podcast for the default um, school. So I really do try to put my fishing pole in there all the time. And that's something we do. We don't just take applications when we're looking for someone. We take them all the Mm -hmm. time. So on our website, we have a link at the bottom that just says employment and it's just a form and it's a bunch of questions and it comes directly to a Slack channel that I have set up for um, applications. Yeah. So we can just go there. (laughs) Gloria, who do you contact
3: at your university? Like who's the link between the prospective client, you know, uh, employee and you?
1: Yeah. So there's usually an office of career placement. Um, They will have a system usually I forget the name of it, it's JobCast or something like that. Uh, There's a few, but there's a a system that's set up. And if you develop a relationship with the university, you can kind of be in that application process when they're going through the other thing that I've done. And I really, really enjoy this. In fact, I think this is my next life. In addition to working for nonprofits, is going in and speaking to the kids about Mm -hmm. the business. I've had at least two employees come from my speaking engagements at universities. So, and then they compound. So that's, that's where I think if I went back and analyzed where they all came from, I'd say at least half of them came from DePaul university, whether it was direct or through a friend of theirs who worked Uh, from DePaul. Yeah.
3: And Gloria, another follow-up: How do you? Because that's a a great thing to do, I think, is to speak about it, right? So, how did you? Was that just through networking, and because you were an alumni that you were able to speak to a class? Do you tell? Do you call the business school and say, "Hey, just so you know, I'm willing to do this." How How would someone do that?
1: Um, The first couple were definitely my network. Um, I I forgot how they came together, but yeah, I've I've stayed in touch with my university because actually, I just went through. My master's right before I started for sixty, so I was kind of still a fresh student, um, even though I'm old, I was the, definitely the oldest person in my class um but uh, I do that, and then uh, definitely you'll you'll find just referrals that's the biggest thing is just referrals people calling me, "Hey, I've got a class, can you come speak to my class right so I've got another university who reached out to us last week and they're coming in, they're bringing their whole class to point 60 and I'm going to do like a tour and awesome. get them all excited about what we do. So hopefully we'll have a couple <laughs>
0: applications. Sandra has, my wife Sandra has done a few, actually I'd say a large number of speaking at local colleges, but she's also gone to local to a local college and taught at many of them as well. So I also feel like she had that kind of in already. So I'm not a hundred percent sure how to, Get in there without some kind of an an in.
1: Just the, go to the business school entrepreneurship mm-hmm. classes. Um, you know, whatever. Start knocking. Yeah, whatever uh, different school they have, you can find one that kind of fits in. Like Purdue has a huge hospitality school, which is a great fit for us, right? So that's where I've done most of my speaking. DePaul and Purdue cool. have it. I'm lucky too because. Where I am, I have access to just wonderful universities, being so close to you know, Chicago and Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. I, I want to.
0: Um, we're yeah, we're surprisingly already getting short on time here. I want to talk. I know, right? Um, I want to talk about. Uh, let's say the most important thing you focus on when hiring somebody once you're to the interview process. And I'm going to go ahead and lead this one uh, by just tossing this out there and you can you can shut it down if you like. Um, and, and some of you may. I think less about their skills with cleaning. I think less about their organizational skills even. I think way more how is this person connecting with me? How are they presenting themselves to me? Like how, how do they just present themselves period? How do they handle themselves? Um that is what I care about the most. I care the most about how you're going to talk to my employee, uh, excuse me, customers um, and and interact with other employees. But like that is my most precious sacred part is giving the introduction, welcoming them into the space. I want you to be able to navigate conversation, deal with different people. Are, Are you there? You know, are you just just answering questions or are you actually there with me? That's what I want to find out. If you're kind of sloppy with your cleaning and all that stuff, we're going to drill on that and we can train you on that. For the most part, apparently that's not 100% true, but a lot can be done. But but nothing can be done as far as personality presence, unless they're actively working on that on their own over time. I Don't, I don't ever quote me on saying people can't improve uh, who they are, but um, I think you understand what I'm saying. Uh, but then,
3: Dylan, do you look for somebody like are you looking for a certain type of person and they're all the same or are you looking for different people for example like i'm i train jujitsu mma i i connect with the athletes like those mm-hmm. are my people right but there are some shy people that come and float with me that aren't as you know outgoing and energetic as i am and i have an employee who i think I kind of hired her because she's not as <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> energetic and outgoing. Because she yeah. might relate to other people that may not relate to me, who might be put off by me and how I present. And that's something that I've thought about. You know, maybe they're not perfect in what I would, how I would interact with people, but they might touch a certain person. So I'm curious, do you? Is yeah. that something you think yeah. of, or are you looking for a specific type of person?
0: No, I, I think for, for our center. You you want to complete this this whole image as best you can, and it gets more complicated, right? Because it's not just about sharing everything to your to the to the customer base. It's also about who do we need internally, who do we need uh, talk. I want somebody doing. Um, uh, what's it called? Uh, donations, right? Like I want somebody who's interacting with everybody who wants to do donations, sending them the packages, all of that stuff. I want somebody more organized for that. So all of a sudden, I'm going like, okay, we don't have somebody for this. Is this person that? It gets more complicated than just this one feature of, you know, you're you're athletic, you're into MMA, and you can talk with. Or or you're a Joe Rogan listener, and maybe there's the MMA crossover there too. But you know, it, there, there's a lot of spread there. But then it also goes internally as well, and that's where I feel like it became becomes more like a game of chess instead of just a game of checkers, uh, and it gets complicated. Um, shoot, there was something else I wanted to add to that. Um, with that being said, if you are, um, you know, your demo is razor focused, and you're looking for the MMA guys. No, you don't want that wide of a swath. You know, you want this type of hire every single time. Most likely that's not a lot of float centers, but there are float centers that are more athletic um, focused. And if, if that's the case, that's, that's what you would want. That's who you'd want to focus on hiring.
2: You know, I think one of the biggest um, hiring lessons that I ever learned was um, way back in my early days in the corporate world, I worked in a leasing office and um, part of our job, it was sales. Big time sales, but a whole lot of administrative work as well. And I remember whenever my manager hired this guy who was terrible at his paperwork. I mean, he was awful. And I would meet her in our office every Monday morning with a list of 25 reasons she should fire him. Mm. Every week I wanted to get rid of him. But then whenever I started to realize, like, he's really good at dealing with people. Mm. And I was really good at the admin side. And he and I started partnering together. And he, he, to this day, he's still one of my very best friends after I tried to get him fired, <laughs> no you know, repeatedly. But I realized what a great leader she was in that moment because she saw a, a spot where, you know, there was some opportunity for me to grow. And she brought somebody in who filled that hole. And I helped, you know, with his skill set where he was lacking. And together, we were able to really, really help each other. Mm-hmm. Of course, that also meant whenever one of us left, that left with that little bit of imbalance, but we worked so closely together over several years that we learned from each other and we kind of brought each other um, to that, that more complete picture. So you got to look at how you fit into that big picture with other employees and not just in like personality wise, but even some of those skill sets. Yeah. Some folks are going to love cleaning. Some aren't.
1: This is so true. And um, when your team grows to a larger group, it, you know, it is something that I have stressed. You know, I had Lisa with me for three years. She was definitely geared more towards operational skills. And I would challenge her and say, you know, are we looking for people who have that hospitality focus first or are we just focused on cleaning? But the, the more we started growing, I really wanted to be deliberate in terms of what skill sets each person brought to the table to their point. Um, just like a baseball team. Um, shout out to my spouse, baseball analogy here. you have got a first baseman, shortstop, pitcher, catcher, right? I mean, they, they all have these very unique roles. And I think we have such a broad audience in our float centers. People say, what's your target market? You can say athlete, but it's not just an athlete, right? It's such a different group of people. We've got moms, executives. And so I try to at least find people that I feel can relate to each of those slivers mm, of my mm. segmented database, uh, but it's hard. It is hard, and if you don't focus too much on the balance of cleaning, you know you're going to get. <laughs> we, we've talked about dividing role. We've, we've done it a couple of times where we just hired back of the house people. Oh, um, it's 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 a whole different type of employee.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. As, so do you, do you currently do that? I know there are flow centers that do that. I'm adamantly against it. We do. For, for
1: us. We do. We have one person. Well, actually we just hired another one. We have two. One is at our River North location, which again, that's our, our very busy location. So we have two people that are constantly customer facing and oh. and like cleaning is a full-time job, right? Cause we're turning over five rooms at a time every hour and a half. So, you know, having somebody who's very good at mastering that team role and really wants that because they're not comfortable with clients has worked out well because of the players on that team. But when you talk about just the the position, it's it's sometimes hard to separate it.
3: And I'm guessing it's easier to find somebody who wants to sit at the front and talk to people versus... Go in the back and clean, or is that not necessarily true? It
1: depends on the person. I mean, we've had some people who are not comfortable talking to people, and they've grown up just doing maintenance or cleaning. So Mm. I think that's it. I watched a Gary Vaynerchuk uh, segment today, ironically, on employees and how we work for our employees. They don't work for us, right? Mm. We are there to basically tap into what their itches, hopefully right Mm. and when you do that the team just kind of gels because everybody's kind of like working towards what what's kind of in it for them um but that's all like theory right like does that really happen so easily no but yeah it's it's uh it's a challenge just to get the team to gel when you've got so many different personalities oh yeah
3: uh, Dylan and Gloria, how many people do you have working at a time? Typically
1: three is our maximum.
0: Uh, one to two, one to two? Two,
1: okay.
0: two for any transition, one person on staff at all times. So do you actually have one person who flips the rooms? Cause you have four, four rooms, right? Have, yeah. Yeah. We have four rooms. And, and so, uh, one person is client facing. And if they are able to, since, uh, the room is so nearby, near the lobby, they'll sneak in and clean our Nautilus float room, which is a very easy room to turn over, um, while the other person flips the other three. Um, and it tends to, to run very smooth. Yeah. Um, and then the next transition, they'll sh- switch who does what. And we just, it oscillates every transition.
3: Yeah, because I, I do think that's important, the, the piece of, I, I only have two rooms operating right now with the third on its way. And that's definitely a piece I'm concerned about. I I want, I'm trying to figure out my system, which I think I have. One person goes in and starts doing the cleaning immediately. The other person talks to the client, how'd it go? How do you feel? Um, everything good. We have the back room, go to the chill out room and then hop in the back and help clean and then do a check-in if people are still there. But I, I definitely like the divide and conquer of, okay, so you start cleaning and then I'll talk to the customer, maybe they want to talk, maybe they don't, but I'll be in to help clean when I get the chance.
0: And, and who's cleaning the room, what that looks like can change over time too, because it, I used to be so proud of how dialed I had it. Like you walk in with your crate of cleaning stuff, your earplugs, yada, yada. Um, and you, you can walk in, close the door, clean the whole room, walk out once. Because, I mean, initially it was I'm going in and out of the room four or five times. It was just a mess. It took a long time. And I was like, damn, I got this down to a science. I'm proud of it. And then we had an employee who would walk in, walk out in, in almost no time at all. She would also close the shop so quickly. Like she'd be leaving the shop so quickly after leaving. I, I thought if I didn't know her so well, I would be suspicious of whether she was doing the work. And when I got to see what she was actually doing, it was like, Oh my God, this is a complete breakthrough. We need to write down what you're doing. This is so much better. Uh, so um, just because of time, I want to wrap it up there. We have more stuff to talk about. Let's talk about it next time. Next episode. Let's talk about turnover because there's a lot of what we're talking about tonight that I want to get to next week. That's really in the same vein and and how this whole community that we call a float center works together. So thank you tonight. Thank you, Kim. Thank you, Drew. Thank you, Gloria. And, uh, let's, let's talk about this more next week. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, thanks also to Kim for taking show notes. Of course, appreciate that so much. Thanks to our Patreon supporters. Oh my gosh, you put the wind in our sails. Remember we're available for consulting art of forward slash consulting. I think we still have an Amazon link up there, Um, at least for North America. If you do want to bookmark that, uh, every purchase you make on Amazon uh, just helps uh, put a few ducats in our hands. Appreciate it. And uh, again, thanks to Kim for taking show notes. Thank you, guys. One final thing before we go is I want to give a shout out to... Oh, our friends from the UK, Ginny and Colin at FloatAway. These guys are making beautiful, beautiful tanks. I'm seeing more and more photos of their beautiful tanks uh, all over the world. And I'm absolutely so happy about that. They make some incredible float tanks, including the float around, float cabins. We have their Tranquility float tank with the starlights in the ceiling, which I fought against initially and now I think is an absolute must. Really sweet people. As I've said a million times on this show, these guys helped my wife Sandra and I out so much before we ever gave them a red scent. Uh, While we had an old used Tranquility float tank, they helped us with some plumbing systems with our other float tanks. They're amazing, sweet people. They're just people you wanna know if you're gonna be in the float industry. Floataway.com is where you wanna go.